You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. We're here. We're here. Come on. I mean, it's We're the here. podcast. We're here. It. It's the pod. Cast. Podcast. We know. You We're... love it. No, it's the potty, bro. It's the potty. It I don't even care what anybody says. It's the potty, you bro. Sounds a little funny. We don't care. We're here. We're excited. It's going to be good. Um, Why did I just do that? Open your laptop. Is it always open during this? I don't know. Today, I have a teaching for you today <laughs> uh, that you're probably not expecting. Um. But uh, it, it's it's like not even like a scriptural uh, title, um, but like it, it, we'll get into the scriptures anyway. Before we do that, it is time to rate, rate that. that Oreo. Come on now, here we go. What do we got today, Ben? So we got a we got a fudge covered Oreo. I've never had this. Have you had this? I want to say my mom bought him one okay. time when I was in high school. I think that they've been around for a bit. Um, I've never had one, and I was just at the store, and it was this or birthday cake Oreos, right. and I was just like, ah. Ready for this, bro? Birthday cake. You've been out of high school for five years or more. Six, actually. I mean, you. thanks for making me feel old. Dude, It that oh, is hey, insane. It's, it's crazy. That's I've been, insane. It's crazy. Something. This is, like, almost crazier for me somehow. I've been out of college for two years. That's that's crazier to me. Somehow. I've been out of college for a year and a half because I did a because I did a expedited some semester or whatever. Yeah. What's so like think about this. The same amount of time that it took you to get from seventh grade to twelfth grade is how long you've been out of college or out of high school for. It's a long time. It's a long time, man. It just seems like a li- a life go. Anyway, that's just I'm really not old, but like, you know. I sometimes feel old uh, it, when I talk to students, but like then like older people are like, you're so young. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, I don't know why I just said all that. Um, all right. What am I supposed to? This first part of the podcast, you know, you, you just, we just get a little loose. We talk yeah. about, you know, we just have I a little fun. Um, I lift every day. Sure. I had to lift it right out. Oh, this seems. Just smells like it Smells fudge. like a brownie, to be honest with you. Sure. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's not to like? Right. You know? Do you like chocolate? Yes or no? Yeah, basically. You don't taste the the cream as much, Mm -mm. to me at least. It definitely, like, gets kind of drowned out. Um... Yeah. Wow. I don't really know what to say. Um, you know, I'm a little disappointed. Here's why. Not because it's bad. It's fine. Right? It's great. It's, it's good. You know, it's a chocolate covered Oreo. I picked it because I wanted it to be a little bit more exciting. And I'm just bored. Like, that's good. I don't know if it's better than a regular Oreo. All right, hear me out. It's fine. It's good. No, that's it's like, good. Yeah. By the way, that's like my thing. I say, hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out. Sure. 
maybe would have been better with the double stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I, I could get behind that. Because it just kind of tastes like, at least to me, it kind of just tastes like a chocolate-covered cookie, like actual just a cookie, like not yeah. the cream. No, you don't get like hardly any cream. No, it's very much it's so. It's there, but it just gets overpowered. Honestly, like, it's 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 really good. I mean, no, like, yeah, it's, it's good. like. It's just boring. It's kind of just like eating like, like crisp, crispy chocolate. Right. No, I agree. Let's ask this question. Okay. Based on our disappointment, I'm sure that we would, uh, I'm sure I can guess what you're going to say, but is it better than a regular Oreo? For me, no, and here's why. Because yeah. the cream is like such an integral part of an Oreo. Yeah. And you need that. No, I agree. I I, I don't see, um, I, I don't, I, I'm, let, let's put it this way. I agree with your disappointment because it's just really nothing to get excited about. Yeah. Last week was a lot to get excited about. Ooh. It was. Ben bought a whole nother it. I really thing. did. I was at the store and I was just like, mm, I can't resist. So It, it was that good. Yeah. Like, I'll just pass right by these. Yeah. It's like. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the new thing. Like, this is insane. Chocolate fudge-covered Oreos. And it's just like, okay. It, it kind of tasted like I drank hot chocolate. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just like, no, it do. was just like, okay, like, like you like hot chocolate. It's good. But, like, you're not like, like, sometimes you could really be in the mood for a cup of hot cocoa, especially in the winter or whatever. But, like, I don't know. Like, like it's not bad, but it's just not exciting. No, and I'm a big cream guy with my Oreos, uh, yeah. and and this did not live up to to, to my expectation. Um, in comparison to last week's, this is definitely a letdown. In comparison to like one of those weird fruity ones that we had, especially the ones right. from China. Like, I mean, okay. yeah, it's it's way better than that. Yeah. All right, I have a rating. Mm -hmm. I think I have one too. All it's right, maybe a bit low, but I'm gonna go with it. Let's say ours at the same time. Okay. I wanna, I, I wanna see if like, cause like I don't want to be influenced by by yours. Like I don't want the, our fans either to think that we're influenced <laughs> by each other's uh, yeah. things. No. You know, let's just go for it at the same time and let's see what number we come we come up with. Ready? Yeah. We're we're saying it right after one. I'm gonna say three, two, one. Yep. Say it. Yep. Three, two, one, seven. seven. Bro. No you, shot. You think we make it up? Yeah, it, it's just like, it, there's no way. Like, I, yeah. I literally was like, that is so funny that we literally went for the same number. Yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of felt like it was going to be the same number too, which is kind of why I did it. Because yeah. I was like, it's a, it's seven. a seven. It is. It it's, screams it's just, it, seven. It really does, man. In your mouth, like, it screams like, seven. Like a little disappointing. Not not by any means bad. You, yeah. You'd go back to it if you had the box, but... Like just, I took a little bite out of it. When I took a little bite out of it, it like it like tickled my tongue, and it was like seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was whispering to us. It was whispering to me. It was yeah. whispering to me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's goes. pretty much it. Honestly, that was, that was pretty lame. There really wasn't much to talk about there. Not the that most exciting. exciting. The most exciting part was when we said the same number. Yeah, that that's true, man. If this is your first time watching Rate That Oreo, I go, apologize. Go back to go last week or that was so something good. else. This was just weird. I, I don't know how we else to say it. We have to go to the mall. I know we say it every week, but we have to go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, we'll pray about it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for Rate That Oreo. Tune in for the Bible teaching coming up next.
Well, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. If you just picked up from right here because you don't care about Rate That Oreo, that is A-OK because we're going to get into a Bible teaching today. Uh, My title today is not like your your normal title that I would give like, you know, like, um, you know, uh, you know, how, how to how to live for God or something like that. My title today is what I learned from a conversation with Chinese Christians. What I learned from a conversation with Chinese Christians. Um, I don't mean Chinese Christians like people who are like Chinese in ethnicity but live in America and are Christians. I don't mean that. I mean literally people that lived in China and have recently moved to America. They were born in China and they are Christians. And and here's why. Um, th- this is uh, going to be our conversation because I learned a lot in this conversation. Um, basically... Uh, I won't get into all the details because actually, uh, not that, uh, not that any Chinese government is going to watch my YouTube channel or anything like that. But if they did, I wouldn't want to get anybody in trouble. This is on the internet and stuff like that. So I I just don't want to want to say names and, and all that stuff. But basically I had a conversation with, uh, these three people from China and, uh, during the conversation, uh, I just was like so blessed, uh, and my, I was so blessed to hear them talk about their faith as well as, um, as well as like, just like feeling almost like, like, uh, like I needed to pray for this, the, the, the church in China. Um, and I feel the American church can learn so much from this conversation that I had. Uh, and I'm going to talk about four things that I learned in this conversation. Um, First, and I'll define why I'm specifying this in a second, but the underground Chinese church is persecuted. The underground Chinese church is persecuted, and I'll explain why um, I'm saying underground Chinese church in a second. Uh, Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. Beginning in verse 12. It says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know, uh, this is a scripture that's in the Bible that a lot of people don't teach on. Persecution comes with following Jesus. People will come against you and persecute you. But to be honest with you, this idea is very lost on the Western American church. And I said that it's not taught by a lot of people. What I mean by that is in America. Western society in America, we have no idea what real persecution is. We have no clue. We have, the worst thing that we get, somebody yells at us. Someone yells at us or gets in our face or something like that. And then guess what? We go home to our nice homes or our apartments that are nicer than most homes in third world countries. And we have running water and food and all this stuff. Everything is all good for us. We just, and then we just have our feelings a little bit hurt that somebody yelled at us. And I get that. I understand that. Yeah, it hurts your feelings to have someone yell at you. But that is not, uh, even close to the persecution that the early church or the underground church in China is facing. Here's what persecution in China is like for Christians. 
First off, there's two types of church in China, churches in China. There is, and again, I'm telling you this directly from people who, who are from China, who have lived there. One of the people that talked to me moved here a year ago. So this is new. This is recent. This is not just like, you know, somebody from 20 years ago in China. This is happening in China today. There's a government church and there's the underground church. The government church is uh, basically the government um, is the government allows it to happen. It's a quote unquote Christian church and the pastor or the minister uh, has to present their sermon to the government before they preach it. And the government must approve the sermon and the preacher is not allowed to expound upon anything that they're saying beyond their notes. They have to literally read like this. This is what the Bible says. It says this. If they want to say amen, they have to have have it written amen. Like they can't throw in any other content. They can't say anything that is not approved by the Chinese government. If the Chinese government does not approve of what's being said, um, then that person will be immediately arrested, that pastor. There's also the underground church. This is the church that the Chinese government, they know that it exists, but they don't know where they're always meeting. And so they meet in all these different locations um, or maybe the same location. I actually didn't ask for that detail, but basically this is a free, this is a church that's not free in the sense that the government doesn't mind uh, for them. uh, The government doesn't mind uh, what they say, but rather they don't really care and they're meeting secretly so that they can boldly uh, proclaim the truth of God's word. And if they were caught doing so, there would be um, serious problems with that. If you're caught going to an underground church, um, the leader will certainly be arrested and perhaps some of the people attending would also be arrested. Uh, if, if, especially the preacher, there's no question about it that the leader of that church would immediately be arrested. Um, and many, and perhaps many of the people that are attending the church would also be arrested. If you are caught in China spreading the gospel, in any way, shape, or form. If you have a track that you're giving out to people uh, in China, which I actually, they told me a story about. Um, it, it was one of uh, the people that attended their underground church, and I think a family member of one of the people, they were giving out tracks um, for, of the gospel. A track is basically like an MP3 thing that you put in your ears and you and you listen to. Um, and uh, they, they were giving out tracts of people preaching the gospel and the uh, person was arrested for it. So you can't spread the gospel in China. Like in America, you're free to go in the middle of New York City during the gay pride parade. And I, I wouldn't recommend this, but shout that everybody's going to hell. I don't think that's an effective witness. I think preaching the gospel is, but not just showing up at a gay pride parade yelling that everyone's going to hell. But anyway, that's a different, that, that's a different note. But you can go to New York City and do, do that, whatever. You can stand up and preach the gospel. You can get a microphone and you can declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not going to get a arrested in the United States of America, uh, for doing that. Um, they might tell you, you know, if you're, if you know, there's something going on and and you're being a public disturbance or, you know, you're, you're ripping your clothes or whatever. They'll, they'll tell you that that's like public indecency and stuff like that, but you can preach the gospel freely in the United States of America. In China, you absolutely cannot. So, okay, they're going to get arrested, but you know, jails in China, you know, are they anything like that? Like the prisons that are in America? Absolutely not. First off, Uh, And again, this is directly from people that are from China. They send you to like these camps. That's like a waiting place before you go to prison. And 
they're like relearning camps is I think what they call them. I forget what the actual name is. I could be mistaken on that, but it's like a camp. And in this camp, they, they put you in a 300 square foot room. What is 300 square feet? What can I comp that to? Ben, do you think it's unrealistic for this stage to be 300 square feet? Is that about right? Okay. This stage is, is maybe about 300 square feet that's behind me. I'll tell you this. On Wednesday night, when I get up here, there are about six other people up here with me. And uh, there's room, but like, you know, it would be a little tight to be up there with, with those, you know, with those people for a long period of time. They put 30 plus people in one 300 square foot room in these camps. 300 people. Imagine 300, or, or I'm sorry, 30 people in a 300 foot, a square foot space. That's 30 square foot, uh, feet a person that they have, that, that they have to themselves. That, that is like terrible. That, that is unlivable. That is unhumane to be able to keep people in those types of confides. Um, and, and they stay in these spaces and it's more than 30 people. It's 30 to 40 people sometimes. I don't know about you, but, but living on this stage with, you know, even five people would be a lot. Even three people would be a lot. Maybe even with two people would be a lot. But in China, when, when you get arrested, you go to these camps and you stay in a space with, with a, a 30 to 40 other people, 300 square feet. You have to go to the bathroom when they tell you you go to the bathroom. If you, they, they literally, and like, I'm not trying to be funny in saying this. I'm being genuine. This is what they said to me. And my heart was breaking for these people. They'll literally say to you, you need to go pee at seven and then you need to go poop at, at eight. Like, that's like, that's like how stringent that they are. Like, it's like your bathroom schedule is regulated by the, um, by the, I guess the, whatever the, the police, I guess in, in China and you, if you, sometimes they won't even give you toilet paper to use the bathroom. Uh, if you're a girl and you're in the, and you're in this camp, you, you don't get, you know, uh, any feminine products uh, while you're in there. If you need to go to the bathroom, you know, uh, and it's outside of that time, then you just, you just go, go right in your clothes right there. They have no care in the world for, for your humanity. They might give you, uh, you know, a lot of food on purpose and tell you that you had to eat absolutely every single bite of it or they'd beat you. Uh, they torture, abuse, beat people, verbally abuse them. It, it, is, it is demoralizing. This is, uh, I'll say it, this is like how it was um, in a lot of ways it, when there was like concentration camps and stuff like that. And, and yes, they do go as far, I'm sure, that, and I didn't ask them this, but I'm sure that people get beat and killed in these prisons as well. This is inhumane. This is inhumane to be doing these types of things. That is, is what it is like to go to, uh, to go to prison there. Think about that. Think about that. It, go, go to Matthew chapter five, verse, verse 10. Go to, I was thinking of these scriptures as I was thinking about the conditions that uh, people that are in, in China that serve the Lord go through. And I promise you, there's a point in me talking about all of this. I'm not just, you know, saying, let's be really sad for the Chinese people right now. That's not what I'm, what I'm getting at. Although there, there is a measure of compassion we should have. 
The Bible says God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think about that scripture, that God blesses those who are persecuted, but I also think about this, and this is where a lot of Christians today miss it. I've been doing a series called Real Christianity at Impact, and <clears throat> I find it funny. Most Christians in America don't like to hear this type of preaching because it's not comfortable to them. We'll get into that later. Acts chapter 20 Verse 22, Paul says, and now I am bound by the spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in, uh, tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. How many Christians would, would say that? How many Christians would say that my life is literally worth nothing if I don't preach the gospel? How many Christians would say what Paul said? Well, I know that jail and suffering lies ahead. I know that that's what's going to happen. I know I'm going to be beaten. I know I'm going to be in prison, all that stuff. But I've just decided that my life is worth, worth nothing if I don't do what God's will is and what God has commanded me to do. How many Christians in our Western society in America would make that decision to say, I'm going to serve God anyway? I'll be honest with you. If there was this type of persecution in America, I feel like we'd probably lose half the amount of people that call themselves Christians in America. We'd have a really strong church though. And I say this, you know, obviously we don't endure this type of suffering that, that, and our persecution that the, uh, Christians in China, that they, uh, that they, uh, receive. We, we don't have that, but I'll be honest with you. What it's producing is strong Christianity in China. What all persecution often leads to a strong church. In fact, I actually, you know, I, I didn't have this in my notes. I'll say this. In the book of Acts, they literally, uh, where they experienced persecution. If you read Acts chapter three, they began to experience persecution in Acts chapter four. At the end of Acts chapter four, the church got together, they prayed, and they sought the Lord. And when they sought the Lord, uh, a boldness came over them. And they went after God and the church became strong and God added to their number daily those that were being saved. You have to understand that what happens when there's persecution is that the church begins to come together and do what they ought to do because they have no other choice. They have no other option. This might sound crazy and obviously I, I'm very thankful to live in America, a free country where I can preach the gospel and say what I want, but some persecution might actually do the American church some good. To be able to be like, yeah, like I need to, to take, you know, my, my faith seriously. Uh, this, this type of uh, persecution leads to people actually following Jesus. It actually costs them something in China to follow Jesus. It actually does. Sometimes that's their life. Sometimes that's five to 10 year sentences in prison in conditions that I just told you about. You're actually giving something up. It's, it, it, see, in America, it's easy to just say that you're a Christian and not actually follow Jesus. 
Because here's the reality. If you ask half the people that are Christians in America, if they're, if they're Christians, you know, I'm sure, or if you ask half the people in America if they were Christians, actually, let me say it like this. If you send half the people in America that say they're Christians to China, and you, you tell them, if you say you're a Christian, you may be killed or heavily persecuted. So we'll send you to China. We'll see what you say. You put them right in front of a group of government people that are ready to take them down if they say that they're a Christian and they serve God. I guarantee you that half of America would back to, oh, well, you know, I don't really know. I'm not, I wasn't really sure about things. Oh, you want me to, you want me to conform? Okay, no problem. I'm telling you, they would comply. How do I know this? Look at what happened during COVID. Oh, look at what happened. People backed down real quick. People back down real quick. To, well, you know, you know, I, I guess, you know, you, you don't want us to go to church. Okay, no problem. We won't go to church. They told us not to go to church and people backed down and crawled into a little fetal position and, you know, held their knees to their head and, and you know, oh, well, we're not going to do that. Back down right away, right away. Imagine, it, um, uh, the Chi- I'm telling you, if the Chinese Christians were here, they would still show up to church. They'd be like, this is light work. You're telling me, okay, I'm going to go to church and what? You're going to give us a, 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 you know, a fine? Okay. Whatever. Because here's what actually happened during, um, I shouldn't say it again because I don't want this video to get flagged. I already said it once. But during that time, um, during that time, any pastor that got arrested for having service they went before the Supreme Court and they were vindicated or they went before any court and they were, they were vindicated. Why? Because it was unconstitutional for them to do what they were doing and to arrest somebody for, uh, for having church. And so every pastor won their case and every church won their case. That's in America because we, we live in the land of the free, the home of the brave. Pra- praise God for that. That's great that we live in this country. But it's not like that in China. They can't just, you know, appeal to the courts. The courts will not rule in their favor. It actually cost them something to follow Jesus. I hope you're seeing this. And this right here develops strong Christianity. What this, what I'm trying to get across right now, I'll say this too. In China, if you have a government job or you go to a, or, or a public school, you must sign an agreement to not, that you don't believe in God and that you're not a Christian. And if you don't, you'll lose your job immediately if you don't uh, conform to that. They literally have you sign a form. It's specific towards Christianity. There are all these other religions in China, but China for some reason has an issue with Christianity. If that doesn't tell you that Christianity is not the real deal, I don't know what else will. Why would they care about Christianity specifically? I'll tell you in a second, actually, because I have that in my next point. But get that. If first off, understand how fortunate We are to live in America where we could be free, but use that freedom to serve the Lord. Use that freedom to serve the Lord. People in China would do anything to come here and to be able, or to even experience the freedoms in their own country that we have here to be able to serve God and worship him openly. Yet we in America, there's a little snowflake on the ground and we won't even come to the house of God. What a different culture. I would go as far to say the underground church in China is closer to biblical Christianity than the American church has been in a long time. The underground church in China, they're, they're persecuted. 
They're persecuted, and we need to pray for them when you, when you think of them. Pray that God would give them strength. Understand that I'm not trying to promote that the underground church in China is defeated. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that, they, that they're still victorious. You know, Jesus said, in this world you have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So they're still a victorious church. And, and they're not, when they were talking to me, they don't have a victim mentality. Again, that's, that's an American thing, to have a victim mentality and to focus on self. They don't have that mentality at all. They understand that they're victorious in Christ Jesus. They weren't just sitting here whining and complaining to me. They were t- just telling me about the reality of their situation. They're still a victorious church. They still have victory. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit in a second. But my second thing, the underground Chinese church cherishes the Bible. The underground Chinese church cherishes the Bible. It says in Amos 8.11, I've been saying this a lot to my leaders, that in the last days there won't be a famine of bread and water, but in the preaching of the word of God. In, in the Chinese, in the underground Chinese church, the Bible is cherished. It is the most valuable possession. It is, it, it's beautiful. They love the Bible. And I asked if they could have a Bible in, in China. I asked them, I said, can you have a Bible in China? And they said, yes. And I was like, wait, what? It's like, you can have a Bible in China? It surprised me until I found out that they clarified and said, well, you can have a Bible, but if the government finds out, you'll be in trouble. And I was like, oh, so, okay. I was like, you can't have a Bible. But it's just funny, like, like how they even looked at that. Like in, in like, like in America, it's like, it's like, you know, well, like, you know, can you, what's it called? Can you murder somebody? No, you can't murder somebody. It's like, no, well, you can. It's just against the law if you got caught, to, uh, caught doing it. It was just very funny that that's how they viewed it. And many of them, they own Bibles <coughs> that they've gotten access to. And they, uh, they hide them. And if they got reported to the government, they would be in a ton of trouble for having a Bible. But they cherish that thing. The Bible is so important to them. People try to take it from them, but they, they live off it. They feed off of the word of God. They want the word of God. That's what they desire. But again, in America, the, the Bible sometimes is the last thing that comes to our mind in a day. Yeah, well, I guess I'll read my Bible. I don't really know. Maybe not. In, in China, it's like, you can't take this from me. This is my life. I need this. I've heard stories of people in China, they memorize the scripture just in case a Bible gets taken away from them because they still want to know the word of God and they still want to meditate on it day and night. Imagine if we in America, with all the freedom that we had, began to develop a passion that these people in China have for God, that we were free to keep a Bible, but we were still so hungry for the word of God that we were like, this is my most prized possession. I need this. I need this. This is my life source. Well, you know, it's just kind of boring to read the Bible and stuff like that. You know, I'd rather play video games. Yeah, well, in China, guess what? They, this thing, they could, be, they could be in prison for reading this thing. And yet they still do it. I love what they said. I'm going I'm to hit this. They love, I love what they said. They looked at me and they said, I've noticed in America, everybody's very much in their feelings. And I was like, yeah, because we are. Well, I, I'm sorry, this is like harsh. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just the reality. We have a bunch of crybabies in America. Like, it's just like, Oh, I don't really want to. I don't really want to serve God. It's just kind of hard. Yeah, is it really that hard for you to serve God in America in comparison to what they have to go through in China? Is it really that hard? 
Like, well, you know, it's just really hard for me to, you know, not, you know, have sex before I'm married. And it's really hard for me to like, you know, not go to that party and stuff like that. It's just really hard to be a Christian. They don't even view it like that in China. They understand that there's persecution and challenges, but again, they love being a Christian. They think it's the greatest life ever. They were talking to me about it and they were like, yeah, people turn their life around and the inward work that God does in their life, it's so amazing and we're just so joyful. They're joyful, but they live under those conditions. Yeah, because they understand that while there might be persecution to be being a Christian, it's so great to have Christ instead of being lost in the world. They cherish the Bible. The Bible. It really should give us a perspective shift to be able to think about how, how fortunate it is to be here and have access to be able to have this Bible whenever. You can open up, you, there's an app on your phone that you can go and read your Bible. If they open that app in China, I'm sure people will be kicking down their doors any second. They have to, they have to, actually, I'll, I'll get into that when I, when I get to my, my later point. The Bible is precious to them. The Chinese government has their own version of the Bible. You'll, th- this will be great right here. You'll, you'll love this. Some people would love this type of Bible in America. The, the Chinese Bible removes anything to do with miracles Anything to do with the supernatural. <coughs> Why? Because if the supernatural begins to break out, people won't be able to deny the, the existence of God. That's why. They don't want the supernatural to take place. It's amazing. That, well, I don't believe in miracles. Okay. Well, how about this? In China, they believe in them so much that they take them out of the Bible. Because they, won't eat, they don't even want people to see it so that they can start doing miracles. Because then they won't be able to control the people. They take out scriptures about obeying God over government or anything like that. Anything that might even suggest that. They take out the entire book of Revelation because they don't want people to see uh, what happens in the final judgment. Talk about like the devil. Like these people, why take it out if you don't think it's real? Let me ask that. Why take it out if you don't think it's real and it actually matters or it's actually doing anything? The fact that they take out Revelation just shows you how true it really is that there really will be a final judgment. Wow. Wow. It's just like, it's even just blowing my mind right now as I'm talking to you about this. It's like amazing. It was amazing to have this conversation. I just kept asking questions. Sometimes in life, you just have to be quiet and and learn something from people. Like, you know, everybody just wants to talk. Sit there and learn something from someone. If, you know, if you, these people, they were much older than I I am. They were like 25 years older than me, more mature in their faith even. You know, you know, because you have to understand, again, in the Chinese Christian culture, you're growing in your faith. You're not, you're not stagnant in your faith. You're growing because you're basically forced to, um, forced to, to take your religion seriously because your life is on the line every single day when you, when you believe it. So I was just listening to what they had to say and it was blessing me so much. They love the Bible. It's a precious possession to them. It's a precious possession to them. The underground Chinese church cherishes the Bible. Next, the underground Chinese church. uh, Which one do I want to do first? I'll do this one. The underground Chinese church. 
makes church a priority. The underground Chinese church makes church a priority. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves as we so often do. Can I blow your mind? This church, this underground church in China that I was talking about today, they meet daily. They have a Zoom meeting every single day where they meet and pray. And they are so dedicated to it that what they'll actually do is they'll, uh, they limit it to a hundred users and people get together at houses so that they can get as many people on the Zoom meeting as possible. And the reason why they keep it at a hundred is if they exceed a hundred people, then the Chinese government will be able to flag that they are um, meeting together. And so they love God so much that they're willing to pack themselves into a house with as many people as possible to be able to hear the, hear the word of God and to pray together and to worship the Lord together. Their services last hours. I, I said to them, and they said to me, or I said to them first, I said, you know, I said, last night, I said my service last, lasted two, uh, two hours and that was a long service for us. And they laughed. They were like, two hours, <laughs> They acted like that was nothing. They were like, our services are much longer than that. And then they told me that in America, it's very frustrating to them that the pastor at most will only preach for an hour because they want more Bible. That's what they say. In America, well, you know, I, you know, I'm sitting in service right now and I just have a game that I need to get to and, you know, I, I, you know I'm sitting in service. I just really like the pastor to wrap up right now and he's been preaching. He's been preaching for 35 minutes. He's normally a 30-minute preacher and then we go home. That's how we are in America. In China, they're so hungry for God that their services go on for hours and hours. You have to understand, this is their life. Their life revolves around church. Not the, it, it doesn't work in American society. Our life does not revolve around church as much as it ought to. Your life needs to revolve around church. Well, you know, I'll come to church when I don't have practice. Wrong thinking. I'll go to practice when I don't have church. That's a different way to look at it. There's a kid that comes to this school. That won't even join the basketball team at Faith Prep. He loves basketball, but he said that the Spirit of God rebuked him and told him to repent because he had been making basketball more of a priority than church. And so he repented before God, and he's not even playing on the basketball team right now, and he's good, and he can play basketball. He said maybe somewhere down the road if uh, he'll join the team, but he said right now he needs to make God the priority. Whoa. What person, like in American culture, we don't see that. That's the decision that he came to. Because he's that led of the Lord. He's that led of the Lord and he loves God that much. Church, they prioritize church. They live at church. Hours and hours at the church. Risking their lives, risking imprisonment. But yet in America, the average person attends church 1.9 times a month. Can't even get there on a Sunday. But they live at the church. That's real Christianity. Being that devoted to the house of God. That that's what matters in my life. Imagine. Imagine. If in America we did stuff like this. You know, I, you know, we, one thing I'll, I'll give props to my youth ministry for. 
I have kids in this youth group here at Impact that come to church on Wednesday. They, if When we have Bible study on Thursday, they come to Bible study Thursday. They go to Woken on Friday when we have that. They come to guys and girls group on Saturday, and they come to church on Sunday. And their life revolves around what's going on at church. That right there is the right attitude of a Christian. Now, hear me out and understand me. I'm not saying that I think it's bad if, you know, you, you go to church on Sunday and on Wednesday and then you go to basketball practice on Tuesday and there's a service that night too. I don't think it's bad to, to miss a service uh, sometimes. However, I think that when it's Sunday that that needs to be your priority to be at church. I don't think that there's a reason to miss that. I think it needs to be a priority to be in the house of God at least, at least once a week. The early church uh, in Acts, uh, in church tradition, it was like, if you said to somebody that I, I went to church every day or, or uh, what's it called? Uh, once, once a day uh, or once a, uh, once a week this month, they would be like, okay, isn't that like being a Christian? It would be lost on them. We need to have a different uh, mindset. Uh, I, I just can't get over this. They risk their lives or imprisonment by going to church and serving God. What's our excuse to not come to church? I was really tired this morning. I was really tired. Yeah, I bet you that they're really tired too from, from having to hide from their faith all the time and being afraid that somebody was going to catch them. And here's the thing. I even say hide from their faith. I, you know, some of them are out there giving out tracks still, hoping that they're not going to get caught. They still boldly declare their faith. It's, it's just, it's like, the, the, it's just different. It's just different. The underground Chinese church makes church a priority, makes church a priority. I hope right now what's happening is that, is that this is challenging you and encouraging you of your walk with the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm just being honest with you. It it challenged even me. Like I just began to think about how special it is to be in a place where I, I, nobody is controlling my, or trying to control my religious life or my Christian life, my walk with the Lord. Nobody's stopping me. You know, but, and we just get caught up with, 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 you know, all these other things, all these other things, the Bible, the Bible, the house of God, priority. The last thing I'll say is the underground Chinese church is a balanced church. In other words, they believe the Bible and the full Bible. They believe in all of the following things. I talked to them about this. We had such a great conversation. They believe in miracles. They believe in sin, judgment, hell tongues, healing. They believe in it all and they teach it all. They were like, they were like, we don't understand why some churches that believe that teach, teach miracles don't, don't also emphasize sin and judgment and, and heaven and hell. And they said, and we don't understand why these other churches don't emphasize miracles. They were just very confused at things that were left out in the American church that this church focuses on this and that church focuses on that. And instead of what happened to the full counsel of the word of God, just like the Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 26 through 27. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. We really do struggle with this in, in, in uh, our American culture. Um, we, we either preach things that aren't even biblical or we just preach like parts of things that are biblical. We'll preach on things like self. That's one thing that they said to, to that, that just like got me. They were like, 
American American culture. And they weren't like bashing America. Understand that. They were confused about the culture. I want to be clear on that because they actually are very grateful for America as a country. And I'm not bashing America right now. That's not what's happening. You know, I'm not an America basher. You know, America sucks. You know, I don't want... I'm very happy to be living here and not in China. Thank you very much. But like, um, we're talking about the culture here. And they said that, like, they're very happy to be in America where they can freely express their relationship with God and all that stuff. And they were no, by no means bashing America as a country. What they were doing is acknowledging some issues in the culture uh, and society. But uh, they, they said Americans are very selfish. It's all about them in their Christianity, what God can do for them. They, they, they get too caught up in their feelings. They get too caught up in the in their feelings and you know what uh you, you know what what they what they think and stuff instead of what they can do for God, and I think that's so true. We get caught, so caught up in our feelings. Our relationship with God becomes more about our feeling on that day rather than pushing past our feeling and serving the God of heaven and earth, serving Him. Just yeah, God, I'm gonna say, okay. I don't feel like it right now, but that doesn't matter doesn't matter. And, and, and that, that needs to be understood. It really doesn't matter how we feel as much as we think it does. I'm not saying to ignore your feelings, but I am saying to push past them, to serve God, to serve him. God, I don't feel like worshiping you right now, but I'm going to do it anyway. Amen. You know, we preach on miracles, but then we don't preach about sin. Preach about sin, and then we don't preach on miracles. We preach about grace, but don't preach on sin. We preach about this, but don't preach about that. There's rarely a church in America that covers all those things. It's rare. It's rare. You have to understand that this is what happens when people are desperate for the gospel. They're desperate for the gospel. They, they can't just help but want the fullness of God. The testimonies that these people shared with me. They, and you have to understand, they're so balanced that they understand that persecution is part of the Bible, but they also understand that victory is. In America, it's like persecution, life stinks. Or like on the other end of the spectrum, there is no, you know, there is no suffering and persecution and all that type of stuff in Christianity. Which, by the way, biblical suffering is persecution. I'll make that clear. Um, it's not sickness. But, you, you know... Uh, they they understand that they have victory, even in mixed persecution. They told me stories about people that were arrested and had Philip and Peter experiences. I'll explain what I mean. In Acts chapter 8, verse 39, Philip was ministering to an Ethiopian eunuch. And as he was ministering, the spirit, and, and he baptized the man. After he was done baptizing the man that he was ministering to, Philip literally got snatched away by the spirit and he basically teleported to another place. They told me stories about people. They literally, like Philip, they were in prison. And then all of a sudden, God literally just teleported them. And they have no idea how they got out of the prison. Out of the prison. They told stories like Peter in Acts chapter 12, verse 6 through 10, where Peter was in prison. Uh, I'll, I'll read it to you. Acts chapter 12, verse 6. I don't want to butcher the story. I could summarize it to you, but I'm just going to read it. It's easier. Acts chapter 12. Verse 6, it says, 
The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. The reason why I thought it was a vision is because Peter had had a vision before. And visions are literally like your eyes are open. It's as if there's a screen in front of you. Uh, you can read about it in Acts chapter 10 when Peter has a, when Peter has a vision. Um, and then he goes on to say, they passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And, and this opened by them all by the, or, or opened for them all by uh, itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left them. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true. What happened? God miraculously brought him out of prison. There are stories that they have. They told a story about an evangelist who was arrested. And every time he was arrested, a day or two later, an angel of the Lord would come and appear to him and would literally open up the gates and walk him out of prison. It's, they like believe God for that type of stuff. Like they believe that that stuff is real and it actually happens. In America, we hear about it like it's mystical. Like that could never happen. It happens. God literally led them, would lead them out of prison and they'd get out of prison. And they'd, walk, and, and they'd walk out. An angel would literally just deliver them. And they'd be like, how in the world did they get out? By the Spirit of God. The underground church in China, uh, or the underground Chinese church, is a balanced church. They believe the full counsel of the Word of God. This should encourage us to be balanced in our doctrine. Understand that there is Christianity outside of America. And... There's, there's, we, we, in, in America, it's like an entertainment center sometimes church. And, and that's what they were saying too. They're like, we don't get it. They just like hear a 30 minute message. And then like, they were saying all these things that we, they just hear a 30 minute message. And then everybody just like grabs like a drink and leaves. They're like, that's like not church to us because it's not entertainment to them. It's their life. They want the word of God. I like, I like they, they like beg their pastor to give them more, to give them more, to just keep preaching the Bible in, in America. And I don't, I'm not against this. I do it. You know, you want your, your three point sermon and then you go home. And I preach a three point sermon sometimes, sometimes four, sometimes two. Sometimes I don't even have uh, like a, like a specific uh, amount of points or whatever, but like they literally just sit there and somebody opens the Bible and just teaches them the Bible. They might preach some, preach about three different topics in the same thing. In America, I know in my homiletics class, they'd be like, that's not good preaching. You can't be preaching, you know, more than one topic on the same day. And if you do, you'll confuse people. They seem to be doing okay in China. They just open up the Bible and they begin to preach on one topic, then move to the next, then move to the next. And they just keep going. And I, you know, we, we, we have to, we have to get this. We have to get, get some of this in, in America uh, and, and we can learn. And this is why I wanted to talk to you about my conversation uh, for, uh, from these uh, Chinese Christians that, that, that I talked with. Uh, and it absolutely just blessed me. And I hope that it blessed you as well. Um, make a decision today that it's not going to take persecution for you to want to serve God with this type of dedication.
Make that decision today. Make that decision today. You know, my, my, my Christianity is the most important thing to me. And, and, and don't just say it. Act like it. Somebody invites you to a party that you know good things aren't going to happen. Why are you going? You're Christian. If, if you really put God first, then what are you doing? I'm dating somebody that's not really a Christian. You know, I, it's kind of been taking me away from God. Okay, then break up with them. Well, what do you mean, well? Is God the most important thing in your life or is he not? That's, that, that, that's the question. Is God first? I feel like a lot of people in, in America right now, and especially in, in our youth ministry uh, and at a lot of youth ministries, they, we're at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads. I, I almost like, like spiritually can, can see it. Like we're standing and there's two roads. There's one that way and there's one that way. This way is the world. This way is God. And it's like people have been straddling those two roads for so long. And God, and what's happening right now is people are having to make a decision. Do I go with the world or do I go with God? And, and the Bible is clear. If you pick the middle, you pick the world. And, and people are wondering, why is my relationship with God not good anymore? Your relationship with God's not good anymore because you've been picking the world. Because, because you're not living for God. Sin separates us from God. That's what it does. Sin will pull you away from God. I've heard it said sin will take you further than you ever intended to go. Sin, sin will make you feel really good in a moment sometimes. And then after you're done with it, and then after you're done with it, you feel even worse than you were before. What, what is it saying? I think it will take you further than you want to go and leave you worse off than before. Take you further than you want to go and worse off than you were before. That's what sin will do to you. It'll destroy you. Make you, well, I just don't really feel the presence of God and as close to God anymore, but I just haven't been living right. That's why. The sin, it'll kill you. It'll knock you out. And it was refreshing today to talk to some Christians that understand these things I'm talking about today. I'm sick and tired of going to church that, that just is all about a performance. And I'm not talking about faith church right now. That's not faith church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm sick and tired of the American church that it's all about lights. And I saw the dumbest video ever the other day. It was absolutely brain dead stupid. It was like th this guy with his mic, with a mic in his hand. I, I would rip that mic right out of his hand if he said something like this on my, sta on my stage. It's at some church. Starts talking about how we don't make it rain on booty cheeks. We only make it rain on one stripper. That's Jesus who stripped off his... Shut your mouth. You don't belong on a pulpit. That is, that is idiotic to say something like that. And that's the type of Christianity that we, need to, that we need to forsake because it's not biblical Christianity. It's not. And it's producing dumb Christians that don't know anything. And, it's, and I'm, not, I'm not calling people dumb right now. I'm calling, I'm calling, uh, I'm, I'm calling the doctrine and understanding dumb. It's stupid. People don't understand what it really means to be a Christian anymore. They have no clue. 
in today's society about what a Christian really is because they hear dumb sermons about not making it rain on, on booty cheeks, but, but, you know, but making it rain on one strip. What does that even mean? What are we talking? We only, we, we only make it rain on one stripper. What? What is that nonsense? Garbage. That's what it is. And it produces weak Christianity. And that's not what we want to see in, in, in our culture anymore today. You know, uh, I'm, this, is so, this is such a burden on my heart right now that yeah, I may even talk about this on Wednesday. I have no idea what I'm going to say on Wednesday. Sometimes I don't even know until Tuesday or Wednesday. But I might even talk about this on Wednesday at, at youth group. So if, you, if you're watching the podcast, the odds are that you don't need to hear this, to be honest with you, because you, you, you are making time to watch a podcast. So, uh, of course, you, you probably are more mature in your faith. But people need to hear this stuff. People need to hear this stuff. We need to get back to biblical Christianity. I've heard it prophesied before, and I believe it, that God is calling a generation back to the Bible. There were all these different moves of God that happened. There was, you know, the the holiness movement and the word of faith movement, and they were great moves of God, and God did great stuff. But God is calling people back to his word, to his word. There is a revival coming for Gen Z. There is a revival coming for Gen Z. It's been prophesied by many men of God before and women of God before, and I believe it. It's happening. There is a revival of Gen Z. It's in the air. And right now, there is a separation taking place between those that really want the things of God and that don't. And perhaps, you know, actually, there's no point in me even saying that right now, but there's a cutting away that is taking place. There's a cutting away that's taking place. Those that want God and those don't want God. Be a part of the people that do want God. Be a part of the people that do want God. I'm going to pray for you right now that you're that are watching that God would just help you have the boldness and help you have the strength to be able to follow Him the way the Bible commands. Father, I thank you for the uh, revival, Lord, that's taking place of Your Word. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single person that's watching this, whenever they're watching it, that they make a decision today, that they're turning their back on weak Christianity. And they want the real thing, biblical Christianity. Father, give them the boldness and strength to be able to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I I hope that this uh, podcast blessed you. And I hope to see you back next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.